0: listeners and welcome to four at the back over the course of the last few seasons we've looked at a couple of the arsene wenger arsenal teams while we've been doing our regular season episodes and so for a bonus we thought we would have take a a bit more of a look at that in in some more depth because the, the wenger teams were always good entertainment value for different reasons perhaps towards the end of the career but we thought what we'd do as we'd looked at them before is maybe try and come up with an ultimate 11 based on the wenger era in charge of arsenal so we haven't really gone overboard with the, the rules for this. You, I think we barely discussed them in fact. So you can literally just kinda of pick any eleven of the players that were part of that great dynasty or even the people who came once Arsenal stopped winning a great deal in the in the latter years. Why you'd do that, I don't know, but but you can. Um so Maz and Neil you're here with me today. Yeah, Arsenal. Great entertainers and a lot of players lot of players to choose from. But I'm guessing that there isn't gonna be a tremendous amount of variety here there's going to be a lot of names that kind of pick themselves and plenty of moments where it's a choice between one or two players right
1: i'd expect most of the time it's going to be that for sure i wouldn't expect many uh many late era finger players in there but uh knowing knowing pete there'll be a hipster pick or two coming up (laughs) i was sorely tempted by
2: a couple of a couple of hipster players like I was very tempted by Hleb for example who I just thought was a lovely footballer but um you know it seems a bit ridiculous to put him in when you've got so many like
1: absolutely. it's one of those yeah if it, if it wasn't Arsenal he'd have a
0: good shot but you know when you when you've got that many to choose from it's hard I'd have been really tempted if he'd done it for longer than he did to have put in the likes of an Arshavin but unfortunately, that spell where he looked completely unplayable was really, really short. And I don't think you can justify it when, as you say, going back to that spell really between 1997 and 2004. So many of these names are going to pick themselves. So, I mean, unless someone has gone hipster, I guess it's a choice of two for the goalkeeper, right? You either go in Seaman or layman.
1: Yeah. yeah, Yeah, I mean, I can't. I can't really see a case for anyone else. You could have that Meninga month where he got player of the month in the Premier League where he was absolutely amazing. But yeah, I mean, we've had good keepers since those two, but none of them that level of consistency. Uh, so yeah, it's it Seaman for me, just for the pure fact that he did it for more, for longer at that higher level than Layman and uh, is more likable as well. He's David Seaman. He's a he's a lovable guy. You know, he used to do the twist for us every now and again when we asked him to, <laughs> if we were like four
0: 0 up. But yeah, I've always also gone for Seaman. Uh, Neil, is it unanimous? So
2: it is. I, I did think hard about this one because I do I do think that Layman is one of the more influential goalkeepers. I think he's almost one of those keepers that you you know you think of innovating a lot of the things that you've seen Neuer, Edison, Allison do on a regular basis and you kind of think back to his time in Germany when basically the press thought he was completely bonkers because of some of the things that they do but it's actually become very commonplace so he was an influential goalkeeper and obviously part of the Invincibles um, which is pretty huge and late late career Seaman is not necessarily an easy watch but if you kind of take the kind of 97 98 seaman, then he gets any e team in the world at, at that time if we are talking about 2002 david seaman i'm not quite so sure but but yeah if you kind of take that that 97 98 double winning team then uh not double winning team yeah double winning team um then obviously seaman is the you know the guy there
1: yeah if you pull for me for a year yeah absolutely that 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 year
0: so a unanimous pick in goal, then uh, a lot more variety to choose from at right back, I would say, especially if we are not limiting ourselves to just that spell from the ninety-seven, eighty-eight season to the the Invincibles. Yeah, lots of lots of names. I maybe one or two favourites still, I would guess. Does it come down to just Lee Dixon or Laurent, or, or is the like is someone like a Sanya a, a kind of a live option in this situation? No, I
1: I actually think this is probably the toughest position. I think it's probably the most open position in that Arsenal have always had a very, very good right back, but not necessarily uh best in the world level right back, if you if you know what I mean there. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's always been a very, very good player rather than an absolutely world-class one of the best in their position in the world player. And like you say, Dixon for the sheer longevity, for the for the love of the the old school in me you know there's dixon lauren was fantastic two-way fullback strong strong player and both you know they both achieved a lot of things but like you say sanya was very very good i think bellerin on his day when he was on form was excellent and you know this one might shock you i, I always really really liked emmanuel Bouet. he was just one of those players that that absolutely spoke to me in his commitment and the way he played the game. You know, I, just, I was a big fan and I was, I always thought it was a shame. He kind of got hounded out a bit.
0: Mm. Uh, yeah. yeah, I, I know, remember it was very strange the way that everybody seemed to turn on him in quite a short space of time through bad form and he never seemed to recover, really. No, it was a very, very
1: odd one. Very odd one for me. So, but yeah, I mean, there were a lot good good choices there and all of them would be good but I'm going against what I'm probably gonna do a lot here and I'm gonna go for Lauren here purely because I just think as a player, as an all round player of, of all of them, he was probably the best. As much as I love Lee Dixon and that's that's a huge part of my my Arsenal love and you know, part of that absolutely amazing back four. individually, I'd I'd say Lauren for me. That back, yeah, you know, I've got a unique perspective on this as a Spurs fan because you just,
2: that back four was just so depressing just to watch them offside trapping your game and, you know, and kicking people. And <laughs> it's just like, yeah, you know, I have so much respect for them because it was so difficult to watch your team play against them. So I did go Dixon. And I, and I think he is probably, you know... We talked about Dennis Irwin a bit when we talked about some of those great United teams. and I, I, Dixon is just one of those players. He was so reliable. Never had a bad game. You know, the relationship that him and Athens have with each other was completely telepathic. And, and he was just a kind of put him in the team sheet and forget about it type of footballer for how many Arsenal games did he play? Probably over 600. There's loads and loads and loads. Yeah, I mean, so I think think he has to go in. I think Laurent was a uh, very dynamic player,
0: modern fullback. But yeah, I think it has to be Dicko. So I also went with with Lee Dixon on the premise of if you can't split them. And I think I agree with Maz, this is a position where there's a lot of players that could have been in the conversation that longevity sort of acts as the the tiebreaker to a degree. So uh, maybe we'll say that by two votes to one, we're going to put Lee Dixon in at right back. And then you move to the other flank. And I think this is a much clearer picture it's a simple case of the highest quality perhaps versus longevity in you know is is it a Winterburn versus Ashley Cole conversation or am I oversimplifying this this side at left back I
1: don't think it I don't think it's a conversation I think it's Ashley Cole hands down as someone that's seen and loved Winterburn I think they're in a different league to each other in terms of how good they are Ashley Cole was the best left back in the world at one point The only argument for Winterburn over Cole is if you're playing the full old school back four, for me. Yeah, I agree. Um, I've said before,
2: Ashley Cole, the only one of the golden generation that absolutely fulfilled their potential for club and country all the way along, was not just the best left back in the world for a time. I think he was the best left back in the world for a really long time. And, And I think you see it, all those games that England and Portugal played, Ronaldo never got a sniff playing against him. Cole had Ronaldo in his pocket for both of those quarterfinal games in in major tournaments and I know it wasn't fully evolved Ronaldo in either of those quite but you know when they played in the Premier League as well you know Cole had his number. Uh, He was not just fantastic defensively he at the beginning of his career certainly when he played for Arsenal he had that great relationship with Perez where well, him, Piraz, and Henri basically, were just interchange positions on the left-hand side. and It was incredibly difficult to play against in that, that kind of invincibles era. Winterbird again, very much like Dixon, an incredibly reliable player. Yeah, I think it has to be Ashley Cole. I mean, he's just a footballer that I think is probably, I think, the best English footballer of my
0: adult lifetime, actually. So I did also go with Ashley Cole, so we have got another unanimous pick here. I suppose the only thing I was... If I was to try and make a case for Winterburn, which obviously I'm not because I didn't choose him, but if I were, it's that ultimately I think now I think of Ashley Cole more as a Chelsea player, whereas Winterburn, despite any spells anywhere else, I know you've got West Ham and all that, then I, you know, you think of him first and foremost as Arsenal and you've got that longevity, as I say. But yeah, I think quality does tell in the end, doesn't it? And uh, And yeah, I also went for Ashley Cole. So... Two of the picks so far have been unanimous. That moves us on to centre-back, and there's a lot more to kind of choose from here. I'm going to assume that we are doing four at the back in each case, and no one's picked three centre-backs here. Uh, If I'm right in that, and do tell me if I'm wrong, but if I'm right, give us your centre-backs as as a pairing. Who have you decided to put together to kind of complement each other at the heart of the defence? So, Tony Asens and Saul
2: Campbell, for me... It's got hurt a bit. I mean, I, I... Have, again, a, an interesting perspective on this uh, as a Spurs fan. and um, A slight heretical position, I must say, in that I have never been able to bring myself to hate or even dislike Sol Campbell. I, I really feel like we were such a joke of a club at the point where he was our best player every week that I, I just I, I couldn't blame him, to be honest, for, for going there when he had the opportunity to. And obviously he was just a physical you know, a physical freak, like, big, fast, properly, an absolute man-mountain, couldn't get past him, such recovery pace, great positional awareness, um, he was he was just a, a fantastic all-round defender, wasn't going to give you much in the build-up play particularly, <laughs> but, um, but as a pure defender, Sol Campbell was just, just unreal. For that period of time, and obviously he got really weird in his later in his later days, and um, did all kinds of strange stuff. And uh, you know, he's kind of maybe a little bit of a figure of fun now, but but what a player! And then Tony Adams, because again, just caused me so much pain, and you have to just take that into account. You know, FA Cup games where he'd like you know score the one goal in the one nil Arsenal win, and that kind of stuff. It was always just a, a player obviously he, he kind of bled Arsenal, was a incredible leader, went through huge personal trials and came out the other side of it, had that wonderful moment um against Everton where, you know, he kind of uh you know, scored the goal that Firm them as champions and all of that stuff. He was a defender's defender and incredibly brave came through as a kid um you know had that very chasting experience of being ripped to shreds by Marco Van Basten didn't let it you know sort of uh defied him and came back and was an even better player so yeah um huge respect for the donkey even though he also caused me huge personal pain yeah
1: I mean Adams is is a lock and armband wearer for me, let's just look at how long he did it, and, um, you know, obviously some of these aren't in a lot of it, the majority of his, his time at Arsenal is in Wenger's era, however, he had his Indian summer under Wenger, and won two doubles as, as captain of Arsenal Football Club, you know, and that is just something very, very special, and just what a player, what a leader, and are there better centre-halves you could put in there that played for Arsenal? over the last 20 years. Yeah, I think they probably are technically, but no one with his leadership, no one with his heart, no one with what he would bring to that team. Alongside him is a little bit of a tougher question. There are quite a few very good choices here. Spoiler alert, none of them are Laurent Koscielny, but you could go with old school with, with Bold, who obviously they had the absolute best partnership with Adams hands down you, you could argue Martin Keown who played with him for for just as long with a bit of a break in there and player who aged like fine wine and absolutely has gone down as one of my favourite Arsenal players just from watching him come back to us and hearing the groans every time he touched the ball to being such an actual absolute legend for the club he, he grew so much uh, during that time and certainly under Wenger you often think about Ray Parler as that English player who really excelled under Wenger and and made something of himself but I think you've got to give that to Keown as well because he became one of the best centre-backs in the world at that point and it's probably not talked about enough just how good he did become
2: plus you know clowning always
1: funny yeah I mean that's it you (laughs) you love a player that can do a bit of that as well don't you (laughs) I've said on this podcast many a time how much I absolutely adore Colo Torre as a player. You know, I, I thought he was fantastic, and was Wenger's biggest mistake was getting rid of him. But when you look at everything, all things considered, I'm I'm with Neil. It, it, it's soul, just for how good he was at East Peak, how big a move it was to get him, and just. What do you do when Tony Adams is getting old? You go and you go and steal your your biggest rivals, Tony Adams, and bring him in.
0: Well, I went with with Tony Adams as well, so we've got a lock there at centre back, and I also kind of pencilled him in as my captain. Uh, I did choose Colo Torre, but as uh, with you two, obviously. Uh, in agreement on Saul Campbell, it's irrelevant now. My little vote for Colo, so uh, I am outvoted voted, and we'll put in Tony Adams and Saul Campbell as the two picks at centre back. There, moving forward, uh, I'll just start us off with with mine this time. We can work off that as a starting point. I've got two players in the midfield and lots of options. You know, one thing Arsenal have never been short of in the Wenger years is technically proficient midfielders, in particular. But I sort of went back almost to the very beginning and just plugged in. In a way that I almost expect to with the back four, I ended up just plugging in Vieira and Petit, and at the heart of midfield. I don't know how other people have approached this one. I went the other way in that I did one destroyer and one
2: technical player. So I went Vieira and Fabregas, and obviously in his early days, Fabregas would put his foot in. Actually, you know, you kind of think about Fabregas in his later career, and he just he became more of a a bit of a floaty assist maker only but but in his early days he was a proper all action for all action number eight but certainly uh, i just i i love fabregas i'm so watching fabregas i thought he was a you know terrific player and it was one of those last i guess one of those last like real bargain bin raid the Barca academy give them some derisory amount of money for him you have him become captain before he's 21 and then uh selling back to Barca for a huge amount of money. I mean, you you can't really argue with that. And obviously, Vieira was just absolutely dominant. But yeah, I thought it was a bit boring to go Vieira and Petit. So I just so I decided to go Vieira and Fabregas.
1: I think Emmanuel Petit is hands down Vieira's a lot. I don't think anyone is ever ever going to argue that he was literally the heartbeat of Wenger's arsenal. The guy they brought in and changed our midfield that, that Wenger... Wenger brought in before he even came and was there for that first half you know Wenger's successful era at Arsenal is defined by Patrick Vieira dominating that midfield so yes absolutely is 100% a lock I am a big big fan of Fabregas yeah I, I legitimately don't understand the hate that some Arsenal fans hold for him I 100% believe if we put an offer in for him when he was leaving Barcelona, he would have come back as well. But we didn't, and I think that's a mistake. I think if he did, I might have put him next to Vieira. But it's Petit. I just love Petit. I absolutely adore Emmanuel Petit as a player. He was my favourite player in that Arsenal team. He was my favourite player in my favourite Arsenal team. So, you know, it's a no-brainer for me. And I just love what the job that he does, what it allows the people around him to do. And as much as, yeah, you got two bruises in there, it's, you know, you do think, oh, can we get a bit more creativity? But no, nah, I don't need it. Let's just hack them, kick them up in the air. Creativity, no, nah, no thanks. That's something for the wingers to do. So, yeah, pretty. Uh, interesting, no one's even mentioned Gilberto in here. I mean, it's funny, isn't it? Because when people talk about what those later Wenger teams missing, it's always Gilberto
2: they cite. Oh, I'm missing a Gilberto player, because I guess he was more that modern holding player. Whereas Vieira and Petit were very much get up and down. They was kind of just like Key and Ince, you know they they could do a bit of everything. Yeah. But Gilberto was and Makaleli. They they were those players that that kind of defines that that more modern holding role that I guess you'd say
1: Kante yeah.
2: inhabits these days? I guess so. Uh,
1: yeah, I've, I've, I've never been the biggest fan of Gilberto. Not to say I don't think he was a good player, not to say I don't think he did a great job for us or that he, he was there. It was just, he he's a very good player, you know, to keep things ticking over and keep things going. But I don't think, I would never in my life say the one thing Arsenal need is a Gilberto because I think I think we've had plenty of them to be honest. Maybe not as good as him, but certainly in the same mould. Uh yes, yeah, the big player, the, very important part of the invincibles, obviously. But yeah, I guess the, uh, Patil, the, I the big uh, big what if's obviously Wilshire, isn't
2: it? Like, you know, if he hasn't have had such horrendous injury problems, you basically got a kind of Xavi <laughs> type of player in there and um <laughs> What yeah,
1: what but what a
2: what a, what a pity that he he, he had such
1: it's an awful. Such an awful time no, of injury. It, it, it is a shame. He had a lot of a lot of potential, that kid. And he's still trying to fulfill it, poor thing. But you know, it's uh, one of those things. It, it's to Smith rowe and Sackett out to fulfill that, that Arsenal potential, isn't it?
0: Right, there we go then. So we will be pairing Viera and Petit from the 97-98 double winners in the centre of the park. Uh we spoke about the the one wing when we were doing the Arsenal. Episode earlier in the last season, and we it came down literally as one point of the conversation to a straight choice between Perez and Overmars, and that was the way the conversation went. I mean, does anyone want to throw a another name into the mix, or is that the choice?
2: Yeah, I was thinking of a kind of more modern 4231 with my choices, um, but Perez would be on the left of that. I think the thing is, if I was doing a proper 442, I'd want Overmars actually. 'Cause he's more direct. Um, if we're doing a more kind of modern, you know, rotating positions and Flim Flammery than it's Perez every time. So so I ultimately because Perez cause of what I was trying to what I was trying to um envision. But uh, yeah, I think it's that's so hard because Ovenmars won on that title, I think, really, in ninety eight, like his form in that season and in key games was so clutch. And I also never forget him making an absolute mug for pace for Des Walker, which nobody had done to that point in, an, in, a, in a sort of uh, World Cup qualifier. So always always sort of, uh, I think Ove is a quite underrated player generally in, in a sort of, you know, 90s football. But, um, but yeah, ultimately I went on the side of Pérez just because he, again, like that season he won football of the year which I think was that the two thousand season or two thousand and one season. I can't quite remember, but but he was sensational in that in that year in particular. He was just something else
1: to uh, t- to watch. Like lovely player. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it is it, those two. Yeah, without a doubt. I, I don't think anyone. Sanchez is the other one. I guess. Uh, I guess. Here's the thing, Sanchez in his time was, was fantastic. But if you put Pires or Overmars in that Arsenal team that Sanchez was in, what would they have done in that? Absolutely everything, I think. It's uh, just out of this world. And I'm, again, like I say, I was a fan of Sanchez, but it, it's Perez or Overmars, and it comes down to, doesn't it, 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 almost what you said, if you want that clutch player that's going to get you... Big goals that—that's Overmars in in '98, and if you want one of the most technically gifted players in the world, who's going to annoy you a little bit by falling over a lot, but still do something magic, and there it's Pirès. Um, for me, I have to put it down to pure preference and go Overmars. You know, I just liked Overmars better, and that's purely the
0: reason I'm going for him over Pirès here. because I, I ignored preference and went for the technically more gifted player even though I preferred Overmars I ended up choosing Perez which I believe gives him the nod here on that flank um so we are probably going to be leaning into playing more of a flim flam game as the <laughs> as we said a the moment there um on the other wing I've gone with Lundberg were there other names in the kind of mix for anybody else or, or was there, we got a unanimous pick there I went the, I went with there OK, so much more modern.
2: I t- I'll tell you why, simply because he's 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 my favourite footballer of the last 10, 15 years. Um, and when he went to Arsenal, I was particularly annoyed because two players I liked most in international football were Azzel and Sanchez. And they both went to Arsenal, I could not believe it. <laughs> I, honestly, you could could not have made it up. Like, <laughs> um, oh yeah, and Podolsky was the other one, right? They all went to Arsenal. I just like if I like a player, and you know, you sort after of watching international games, and, and guarantee they're going to go to Arsenal the next summer. But yeah, I mean, I know I know that no Arsenal fan would ever agree with, with that, but um, I just loved him as a footballer. And uh, actually, if you look at certainly what he did in his first uh, his first few seasons, his assist numbers were absolutely. Absolutely ridiculous, you know. You kind of look, you had that period of time where you had Urzil, Ericsson, David Silva just all racking up assist numbers, and it was, it was kind of, I guess, the last great era of number 10s, I suppose, because they're firmly out of fashion now. So, just with Urzil, because he was a football that I really love to watch,
1: yeah. You know, I think you might end up surprised that just how many. Certainly, modern Arsenal fans would probably go with Ozil as well. He's got he's got one hell of a fan base out there that's quite uh, rabid. However, yeah, not fucking chance from me. Um, <laughs> yeah, Freddie, Freddy all day long. Ray Parlour absolutely in the mix. Just through that hustle. If if you want more of a hustle, if you if you're in a game where you need that extra help. Uh, Right back then, yeah, Raymond, Raymundo would would definitely get the nod for me. But, I mean, Freddie, again, you know, is just a really lovable person, fun footballer, and, you know, like you say, absolutely clutch when it it comes to big games and big goals, you know. You know, you score against that era, United, on your debut. It's something big, isn't it? You know, you're showing yourself to the world,
0: and he carried on in that vein. So there we go. We're going to have Freddie Lundberg on the other wing from Robert Perez. Uh, I suspect the number 10 is a fairly easy choice. So shall I just guess <laughs> that we are dealing with Dennis Bergkamp unanimous? Yeah, what a player? I mean, you know, uh, not to spoil at the end of the,
1: the podcast, but, you know, the, the front two is, isn't really going <laughs> to surprise anyone, is it? It's not, it's not going to be Lord Bentner up there with me. <laughs> As <laughs> tempting as it would be.
0: With Jeremy, was,
1: Jeremy <laughs> and, and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or Jeremy, even. um,
2: Yeah, like Dennis hey. Beckham is just I just think such an important player in um, the history of the Premier League.
0: Magical g- to watch.
1: Where's the magic g- cap? Yeah.
0: And then I guess we it's a straight choice, right? You've got to either pair him with... Uh, Ian Wright or, or Robin van Persie. I don't think I'm forgetting anybody, am I? No, Anelka. No. I
2: mean, yeah. It's, I mean, Thierry Henry, Henry I was actually thinking of. I mean, obviously it's Henry, but I, <laughs> I do think there's a shout for an Elka If you kind of isolate those first couple of uh, of seasons and and yeah, but I mean, obviously it's, it's Henry. Is is it's, it's,
1: he was ridiculous yeah, I, for a period of time. Yeah, I mean, what he did during that time, I I don't you know, as good as an Elka was for a couple of years, you know, as much as I love Roy, as much as Shiru has nice hair, it, it, it's, you know, it's a player on another level. A player that was the best player in the league for a good part of that, you know, arguably, arguably the best player in the world at points. He it, it was so good, you know, it, it's no one can touch him and you know I say that as someone who idolised Wrighty and someone who saw him come up breaking all kinds of records but it's not even close. Wrighty himself would tell you it's not even close. And of course like Henry going
2: past you know going past Wright's records in the end didn't he so yeah. I mean to this day you know Henry's kind of you know he's right near the top of of Premier League scorers isn't he and um Yes, I mean what I think when Harry Kane went past him, that was like a huge, a huge thing for a Spurs fan to see. Like you know, a Spurs player go past Thierry Henry on the uh, all-time list. It was kind of like a strangely satisfying moment. It's almost like a trophy. Almost.
0: We don't <laughs> used to don't used use to get those, but no. Well, it's nice to finish off with two unanimous picks. Here. It feels like a good way to, to end things. And, you know, as you say, they do kind of pick themselves. So just to recap, then here we go. Here's our ultimate Wenger 11. We've got David Seaman, Lee Dixon, Ashley Cole, Tony Adams, Sol Campbell, Patrick Vieira, Emmanuel Petit, Robert Perez, Freddie Lundberg, Dennis Bergkamp and Thierry Henry. So that'll do it for us for this one. Uh, We will be back later in the summer with another one of these episodes. And we hope you'll join us then.